Hello, everyone. Welcome. Another episode, episode 16. It is midnight on a now Tuesday, October 2nd. My birthday is in three days, except for, I guess, because I'm in Asia. That would mean it is in four days. I wonder how that works, because I was born in the U.S. I want to say I was born at around 11 a.m., and so how would that work then? Would that mean that at 11 a.m. on October 5th in Asia, I'm not going to be 26? Or do I have to wait still until 11 a.m. October 5th in the U.S.? Quite the little philosophical question that I have. I'll probably look that up afterwards. I just finished the second book of the Mistborn series. I really... uh really have been going pretty hard on reading the past week. I finished two of the books now. I wasn't planning on finishing the second book this week because I'm going to Tokyo on Thursday. So I figured I would finish around then so I could get the third book in Tokyo. I was debating buying the third book with the second book here in Bangkok, but I thought, eh, I'll be able to pace myself but I couldn't do it I don't know what it is about reading and eating the same way I just have no ability to pace myself or enjoy it I just have to get through it as fast as I can it's really a problem that is why this podcast is being recorded so late now because I just couldn't put the book down quite the ending of the second one really good really enjoyed it highly recommend that series if you're into fantasy What can I say about Bangkok? We're coming to a close here. It's been a month and a half. Time has gone by very fast here. Everything just seems like a blur, really. I don't have many distinct memories along the timeline of my time here. But I have learned a lot, I think, from this place. I would say my overall opinion of Bangkok, and I will do an episode specifically on it, but just to kind of get into it really quickly, just some initial thoughts on the whole experience. It was really difficult. This has definitely been a place that has tested me, I think, the most in terms of just being overall uncomfortable, whether it was the heat or the humidity, the amount of people and just the the difficulty getting from place to place and then just worrying about getting food poisoning and then worrying about the water, just all those things. It really was uncomfortable. And I think Bangkok is a place that you really need to plan out what you're going to be doing here. And I think depending on how good you are at planning or where you are at on your trip in Bangkok, I think it can really make or break it and it will give you a differing opinion of it. I think for people generally when you come, you're coming as a tourist, so you're not staying here long, right? It's usually a week maybe at the most and you generally would stick to the tourist areas and then you would probably be be staying in the tourist areas as well in a hotel or something like that. So I can see it being a lot better of a trip that way because you're surrounded by the transportation and then it is also just a lot nicer. And then the food, the options you have, there's just so many more options because most of the places I stayed here in Bangkok, it was around the outskirts of the really popular areas. So I really got a taste of what 
Bangkok is actually like. I was staying in the areas where all the Thai people were, where it was legit all just Thai restaurants and not actual restaurants, but a lot of food stands and things like that. So I think that made it a lot harder for me because I wasn't really able to adjust to it. And also just not being able to really communicate with people and then having to figure out what to eat because I wasn't really willing to eat the food available to me in those areas. It just made it very difficult. I'd say there was pockets of the trip that I enjoyed depending on where I was staying. The place I was staying before this one was actually, I think, the best place I stayed at my entire trip because it was right next to the the metro line. And so it was really easy to get around the city. Although, despite that, it is still really difficult, man. It really, it, it really just is a place in Bangkok. It's really hard to get around, especially if you don't have a motorcycle. That seems to be the way to go. I definitely plan on coming back here, I think. I didn't, like I said, I didn't really do anything because it just, it was just such a struggle to do things because I wasn't in the best areas to get around. And the transportation system's pretty poor here in Bangkok. They do have the metro lines, but the metro lines actually aren't really even connected to a lot of the main attractions of Bangkok. A lot of them are kind of towards the bottom half of the city. And the the metro line just kind of goes through the middle of the city. So it's still a pain to get to places, whether or not you're taking a taxi or a tuk-tuk or a bus like it's still because of the traffic it's just really difficult to get around so I really just stayed indoors a lot of the time I did see most of the main attractions there were a few things that I wanted to do still but I didn't I just didn't want to deal with it and especially now where I'm at with with the traffic right outside my condo it's just not even worth really trying to get around the only time I've done things is to go to the mall and then to go to Muay Thai and that in itself has been a nightmare as you heard on the last episode if you listen to it, it took me five hours or so to uh get back from the mall on that last friday or two fridays ago so yeah not the best but i do i do plan on coming back here i think i have a good grasp of this city now and i think it definitely is a place that can be fun i feel like there's a lot of shenanigans and just great stories you can get from being here especially if you're with a good group of friends or you meet people so i think if I came back, I would really focus on trying to at least get people to hang out with. And then I think I'd solely focus on training Muay Thai because that's definitely been the highlight of my time here, even though I've only done it three times so far. going to try and do it tomorrow and Wednesday before I go knock on wood, though. We'll see if that happens. But it's been really fun. The, the trainers and all the people I've met have been super nice, and it's just been a nice little challenge. And Something like I've mentioned before that I always wanted to do. So definitely, I think I want to come back and test myself more with that at some point, maybe for a month or so. I don't know when I'm going to be able to do that in the future. But yeah, that's the plan. So that's just a quick snapshot of what Bangkok has been like for me. I'm really excited to go to Tokyo. It's my last destination. Don't know what I'm going to do as far as work because it's coming to that point again where I'm going to have to go back to reality and reassess my life and how I'm going to adjust with still trying to pursue what I want, but working and making money at the same time. Don't know if I can do that in Tokyo. That would be nice. But if not, I'm going to have to go back to LA. So that I think is going to bring a lot of stress in the coming weeks trying to figure that out. It was very stressful to try and find a place to live in Tokyo. It's a complete nightmare. I'll get into that another time. So I wanted to mix it up on today's episode and talk about my good old 
city of Edinburgh. Really fast off the bat pronunciation. It's not Edinburgh. All right. It sounds like Edinburgh. It looks like Edinburgh. It's not Edinburgh. Traditionally, you're going to hear two pronunciations. You're going to hear Edinburgh and then Edinburgh. If you say it in a Scottish accent and really commit to it, I feel like you can't go wrong. Let's try it right now. Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Edinburgh. Lassie, donkey, donkey. Now I'm doing Shrek. I don't know why I'm doing Shrek. Lassie, freedom. I don't, I'm trying, I can't get into the, let's, let's try this again. Get away from me for freedom. Who do you think you are with Scots? Edinburgh, don't pronounce it Edinburgh. Who the hell do you think you are? Yeah, that was pretty brutal. But yeah, so it's Edinburgh. Think of just, you know, when people say bruh, like bro, what's up, bruh? How you doing, bruh? That's how you pronounce it, Edinburgh. Edinburgh is the way that it's pronounced in Western English. So technically it's not wrong, but if you want to say it like a Scotsman, if you want to say it like a Scottish person, then you should say Edinburgh. So there's that. Edinburgh is probably in my top five cities that I've been to so far. It might not, it might, it might not. No, it might. It just might. It is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Haven't been everywhere yet, but I think it is safe to say that. I'm not talking about scenery. I'm not talking oceans. I'm not talking beaches. We're not talking any of that stuff because there's a lot of beautiful places out there, especially with the views you can get. But I'm talking just the straight city itself. One of the most beautiful places ever. It's so clean. It's got that medieval castle feel to it on the one side of it, which is Old Town Edinburgh. And then there's Newtown Edinburgh on the opposite side. And that's the more obviously more modern. And there's where all the, the fun shopping is and things like that. So absolutely amazing place. It is also an international city because of the university there. So there's tons of international students. It's a very young place. It's a very hip place. It's a very healthy place. You see people running everywhere. Students, everyone's riding their bikes at night and during the day. It's a really great place. I was very surprised about how good the food was. Like I said, it's an international city. So there is a lot of influence from all the different cuisines out there. I had amazing Thai food. I had amazing Indian food. They had great pizza. And then you could get your good old traditional English and Scottish type food, if that is so what you choose. So I thought right off the bat, let's talk about food since I was just mentioning that. I have five places that you must go to eat. These are non-negotiables. They are absolutely amazing. Definitely some of the most popular places within the city. All of them are located on the Old Town side of Edinburgh, and they're all affordable. So that is clearly one of the best. So right off the bat, Indian food. Didn't have any Indian food, surprisingly, in London, but I did in Edinburgh, and it was just as good as I would imagine it would be in London. One place you need to go to is called Tuk Tuk Indian Street Food. I ate there twice and they have these lunch specials where you can get multiple curry dishes and then all these different, you can get like an appetizer and then your naan and your rices. It's a really good deal during the week. It's 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. So if you want to go there for a lunch, that would be a good idea to get a nice deal on that. The other Indian place I went to was called Mother India's Cafe. 
that place was really crowded at night. So I think you definitely want to make your reservation. The only reason why I was actually able to eat there was because I was alone. So one of the many benefits of traveling by yourself is when you only need one seat, they can usually fit you in places. So that's what happened there. But yeah, definitely make a reservation. I would say the difference between Tuk Tuk and Mother India's Cafe, both were similar in price. The Tuk Tuk one was more of a hip modern place. It was a bring your own alcohol place as well. They didn't serve alcohol, but you could bring your own. So I'd see people for dinner, they'd bring in their own bottles of wine and then they'd order their food. So you can do that, which is kind of a cool thing. And then the uh, Mother India's Cafe is more of a white tablecloth dining, kind of nicer, not super nice by any means, but it's definitely got the nicer vibe to it. And I think as far as the curry goes, I enjoy Tuk Tuk Indian street food curry better. But as far as being full, I was more full from Mother India's Cafe because the naan they gave you was way, way bigger than the ones at Tuk Tuk Indian street food. And I also thought the rice was a lot better. So rice and naan goes to Mother India's Cafe, curries goes to Tuk Tuk. Definitely, I think, eat them both. Like I said, Tuk Tuk, you want to go for lunch if you're going to go there. And then Mother India's Cafe would be a good one for dinner if you can get a reservation. So there's the two Indian places. Another place, it's called Chiverinos or Siverinos, C-I-V-E-R-I-N-O-S. This is a pizza place, another cool little hip spot. It's not a huge restaurant, but it's good pizza. It's it's different than what I'm used to because you order pizza by the slice. They're really, really big slices and they have all these different pizza toppings. They're kind of a weirder type pizza. It's not it's not all traditional like your pepperonis and your sausages and things like that. It's got some cool takes on pizza. So you can do that or else you can also buy a whole pizza, you know, your traditional full pizza. That place was pretty pricey for me being a solo traveler and as far as getting full. So if you're with people, it's definitely a good place to go to get a whole pizza. But for me, it didn't always make the best sense. I want to say I could only get two slices of pizza really. And that was all I could really afford or wanted to pay at least for that particular meal. I was also eating twice uh, a day at the time and not once a day. So that I think would have changed if I was eating once a day. So I could have got more food there. But that's a good place. I also don't quote me on this. But if I remember correctly, at the time I was there, which I was there in March, they have a deal where I think after 11 p.m., you can get a free slice of pizza or something like that. They have all the pizzas that they've made still like out and you can get free slices, I want to say. So check that out. Look into that if you're going to go there. Next place, Thai restaurant. This place was a gem, a little diamond in the rough. It was called Ting Thai Caravan. It's cash only, so remember that. And I think of all the places I went to in Edinburgh, this place filled me up the most based on how much I paid. It was very filling for the price so you got the most value out of it i want to say it was nine euros or so or is it pounds it's pounds it was nine pounds i got pad thai and rice and it is definitely one of the best pad thais i've had traveling so far and the rice is really good as well it's another really hip place it's not the biggest restaurant either it's always crowded there is actually a line to get in to eat there outside going outside the restaurant but once again because i was a solo traveler hint hint travel by yourself 
because I was a solo traveler, I got to eat pretty quickly. So that was cool. That is probably the one I would say if you're going to pick any of the places I've mentioned so far, and even the place I'm going to mention last, I would say eat there. That one was my favorite place I ate at. The last one, another cheap little quick lunch or a snack even. This place is called Oink. They don't do the when you walk in, unfortunately. That would be really cool if, you know, they welcomed you. They went, welcome to Oink. But you know what? They say sometimes customer service just isn't as optimal as it should be. So Oink is pork sandwiches, as you can imagine. It's a really simple menu. It's all pork sandwiches in different sizes. And then you can just get chips and a drink. What it is, is they have a, it's like your bun, a spread, your pork, and then your sauce. Your sauce and your spread are what you choose. I love this place. Like I said, quick meal. It's really, really good. If you're going to go get the applesauce for the sandwiches, that is by far the best one. They have like barbecue sauce as well and then something else. And then they have, I think for the spreads, it was something with onions. I think that's, I don't remember specifically, but it is something with onions. So get the, you want to get the onion spread and then you want to get the applesauce with the sandwich. It's absolutely amazing. Perfect. Like I said, lunch or a snack. I ate that place, I think the most out of every one I, every place I went to. Really cheap too. Definitely a good place to go. So that's food. Now to get into the sites. So I was in Edinburgh for five days and I think that was more than enough time to be there. I think you could even, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could do Edinburgh and see everything you need to in three full days, like day and night. But I would say maybe, I I would, I think the magic number would be four because you can really take your time and just take in the city. Yes, I was there for five days. And so the things I recommend doing Hike up Arthur's Seat. It's a, I don't even know if you can call it a mountain. It's almost more a mountain than a hill, I want to say. And it is quite the challenge. It's crazy because everyone that climbs it is not wearing any type of like good shoe. It's a lot of boots and athletic shoes with no grip, which is really funny because it's not the easiest thing to climb, especially when I was there in March because it was still snowing, like there was still snow on the mountainsides and stuff like that. So I actually almost slipped and fell off, which was not good. I was, I was actually kind of scared for my life. It was funny. I didn't really almost fall off, but it was, it was definitely on my mind. I had on really, really bad boots. That's all I had with me. And they had absolutely no grip on the bottom. So it was quite the struggle trying to get up with the mud and then the icy snow. I, uh, I fell face first and landed on my arms and I like smacked my camera against the ground and I still have dirt in the camera that's just like stuck in there to this day which is kind of funny is that sirens oh sirens I wonder if you can hear them that's one thing I don't like about this Airbnb is you can hear absolutely everything outside so yes back to Arthur's seat definitely do that you need to go during the sunset that's the best time to go People bring alcohol up there and just sit and watch it and drink if you would like to do that. That was more your college student guys, the ones with the uh, testosterone pumping, pumping hard, man. They were crowd the rowdy ones. They saw me taking pictures. It was really funny. They saw me taking pictures 
kind of above them. And they, so they noticed me and they're like, go take a picture of us, take a picture of us in their Scottish accents. So it was really, really hilarious. So there's Arthur's seat. And then Colton Hill is another one that has great views of the city that is on the Newtown side. It's not really a huge walk up. It's more of like a, a, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's like a more equivalent to a uh, Runyon Canyon for anyone that's from LA, like a Runyon Canyon hike or something like that. It's not that big of a deal, but it is a, it's a good view of the city. And then the Museum of Scotland, that is another one with great views. The museum is free and then you can go up on the roof of the museum and then you can get a panoramic view of all of Edinburgh. And that's where you can see Edinburgh Castle from there. You get the best, you can get the best photo of Edinburgh Castle from up there on that museum top or roof. Definitely go there to see the castle. The Museum of Scotland itself is very interactive. Definitely a good place to go if you have a family. They have a combination of different time periods. So they have kind of like an animal museum on one side of it and they have more of your aboriginal and like like the uh, native american cultures and then they have the more modern stuff with really like i said that's the more interactive side is the modern like the the planes and the different inventions that have come from scotland and england things like that so that's a cool place to go fourth place i'd recommend obviously edinburgh castle once again amazing views from inside the castle you don't need to do a tour you can if you want it's not it's not really like super crowded or anything to where you need to like do the tour to skip the line it was pretty easy for me to get a ticket and then just go explore it was really cool seeing all the different weapons and armor they had there and then they still had the cannons and things out on the walls so that was pretty sick to see. Princess Street, that is on the new side of Edinburgh, the new town side. Princess Street, where's where all the shopping is. You can get your major brands. I actually bought a pair of boots from that street because I trashed mine going up the uh, Arthur seat, as you could imagine. Mine were absolutely ruined. And so I bought these boots because I saw everyone wearing them in London and then also in Edinburgh. So I wanted to be a cool kid like everyone else. So I decided to buy my own pair and I cannot remember for the life of me what they are called. Let me look it up really quickly if I can figure it out. Doc Martin boots. There they are. Yeah. Dr. Martin boots. Got a pair of those. They did not fit, unfortunately, and that was quite the pain in the butt walking around in those for the uh, continuation of my travel. So don't recommend those necessarily. They look pretty cool, though. So Princess Street is where all the shopping is. And then the sixth and final recommendation of things to see. For all you Harry Potter fans out there that didn't know, J.K. Rowling has a nice little history with Edinburgh. I think she's from... Is she from there? She either is from there or... Yes. So she lived in Edinburgh where she wrote most of the Harry Potter books. So as you can imagine, there's just tons and tons of places that advertise the whole Harry Potter theme. You can take Harry Potter tours throughout the city where they just show you the different places connected to her and like where she wrote stuff and things like that. So that's pretty cool, especially if you are a Harry Potter fanatic like me. 
I didn't even know about that when I was going to Edinburgh, but that was something that you quickly, like you see it everywhere. It's a pretty big uh, theme of Edinburgh. And so with that, one of the biggest things is Tom Riddle's grave. And now when you hear Tom Riddle's grave, I'm sure you could imagine Voldemort, Lord Voldemort, his, where he was buried, right? In the movie, like showing his grave. This is what I pictured when I heard this and looked this up. I thought, oh my God, this is the graveyard where he's resurrected in the movie. Is like, this is so insane. I had no idea. And so I was super excited. I ended up going to the graveyard to find it. It took me a while to figure it out. And then I finally found the grave. It said Tom Riddle's grave on it, just like I thought it would. And I was just kind of confused because I was like, wait a second. This isn't the graveyard. Where's the scary Reaper guy with the scythe? Where's that dude at? Like, this isn't the graveyard. And then I started to do more research. And what I realized is it's not the actual graveyard in the movie. All it is, is apparently the inspiration behind the name Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle's grave in Edinburgh is actually the grave of a soldier. And a lot of the internet sources cite that maybe J.K. Rowling in her subconscious named him Tom Riddle because she had been to that grave before and seen it. I don't know. There's a lot of mumbo jumbo freaking with that. So I don't know if that's real or not, but that is definitely something that people go to a lot. It's, it's kind of off the beaten track. So it's hard to find, like I said, but there were people there when I got there. And of course they're all taking photos in front of it. The, the couple, oh man, the couple in front of me, they took a solid, I'm not even kidding, 20 minutes. The girl just had to keep taking photos, just had to get the right one, apparently, even though it wasn't really his grave and all that stuff. But you know what? What are you going to do? I just waited in the mud like a good old boy. So those are the six things that I would recommend with going to Edinburgh. I liked Edinburgh because it was a nice pace where there was enough stuff to do to where you thought you were spending your time wisely and you thought you were getting things out of the trip, but at the same time, you didn't feel over, or I didn't feel overwhelmed at all. Like there was so much to see that I wasn't going to have enough time. And then I was like, I was worried that I was missing something. There was none of that the whole time. So it was a very nice, relaxing trip. With that, let's see. Now some tips that I have. So like I said, the whole five day thing, that's how long I spent there. I would imagine if you want to go to the Highlands, like if you're going to Scotland for more than just Edinburgh, then three days, like I mentioned before, for seeing Edinburgh, you're going to want to extend your time there. But I would say three days for Edinburgh specifically. Pret-a-Manger, I have mentioned this, I believe, before, but this is a chain restaurant. Good little sandwiches and soups and things like that. Acai bowls, salads, chocolate, fruits, smoothies, coffee. It's a nice place to kill time. They have free Wi-Fi and then you can also charge all your electronics. So if you need to kill time in there, they have those for you. So you can actually go to the beaches in Edinburgh. They have the water, as I'm sure you know. And I did end up walking to the beach. That was the longest little trek I took walking. I walked from my hostel all the way to the beach, which I want to say, oh man... I think that was an hour walk. Not terrible, but it definitely wasn't worth it. I would say if you don't live near a beach and you want to see the water, go knock yourself out if you want. The It's actually like a lot worse off part of Edinburgh walking to the beach. It's not. It's a lot more run down and not as nice. And then 
past the beaches, it's not very nice either. So I didn't really like it. I mean, like I grew up in California, so the beaches kill Edinburgh. I, I don't really consider that a beach, what I saw there. It was just... I don't even know what you would call that, but it was not a beach. So if you've never seen water before, knock yourself out. You can easily see the water from Arthur's Seat as well. So you can just view it that way. You get a nice view of that. So I I, I personally would say skip the beach. There are a lot of stores targeting tourists in Edinburgh. I didn't, oh, wow. I just did it. See, I just did it. I, I just said Edinburgh. Wow. Okay. Edinburgh. 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 You have to say Edinburgh. They have a lot of wool and cashmere clothing items everywhere. Like that is by far the biggest tourist attraction, I'd say. Everywhere you look, there's shops selling wool and cashmere, scarves, hats, beanies, kilts. If you're a man and you're looking for a beanie, good luck. I was trying to find a beanie to buy because it was cold when I went and I could not find one for the life of me. They, I don't think, sell beanies. I don't think that's actually a thing in in Scotland. I think it's that it's one of those caps. I don't even know what they're called, but they, like men wear caps. They don't wear like if anyone's watched Peaky Blinders, the caps the the uh, the main characters wear in the movie, like the gang or not in the movie in the TV show, the gang. Those caps. That's what the men wear in Scotland. So no beanies, unfortunately. But if you're a woman, you can find a beanie. So I guess you know. Good for you guys. There are men that walk around in kilts, surprisingly. I didn't think I would see it, but I did. Not many men. You will also find street performers in Edinburgh of older men in their kilts and like the whole garb, man. They got it. They're rocking it all, baby. They're in full uniform and they're playing the bagpipes. They're actually really good too. So that's kind of a cool thing. That is something you would imagine is, you know, traditional like Scottish. So you can get that vibe there as well. So you can walk everywhere as well in Edinburgh. You don't need to take any type of transportation. They don't have any really public transportation besides the trains. And then I think on the the new, the new town side, they do have public transportation. They just have a, it's almost like a little tram in the streets that goes straight through Newtown, but it doesn't go on Old Town. Like Old Town, you I don't think can take anything unless you take a taxi or if you take an Uber, but it is a city where you can literally walk everywhere. There's absolutely no need to drive. I would say the only time you would need to drive if you don't want to have a long walk would be if you're going to go to the beach, maybe even Arthur's seat to get to the bottom to climb. That might be a good idea. So yes, what did I like about Edinburgh? As I said, top five city for me so far. I think right now I have it at number four, not thinking about it. So like I mentioned, one of the most beautiful cities. And for me, what makes a city one of the biggest things is the views available, the panoramic views, the views from above, the multiple angles of views. You're surrounded by mountains. It was snowing, like I said, when I went kind of on and off. So you had the snowy mountains and the cold air, and then you had the water as well from the one side, and then you had your city views as well. You had your your land, landscapes. There's tons of places, like I mentioned, to take pictures. Arthur's Seat, Colton Hill, Museum of Scotland, Edinburgh Castle. You can also get really great landscapes as well. So the views are absolutely to die for there. 
walking everywhere as i mentioned love that anytime you can walk everywhere and i don't have to worry about transportation costs like that's absolutely amazing that's another reason why bangkok sucks in my opinion is you literally need to do some type of some type of public transportation wherever you go really unless you're in like the main area of where you're gonna if you're just gonna stay put and not like ever really go anywhere cultural variety of food hands down like I said, very surprised that Edinburgh had so many different varieties of food. And then Edinburgh, man, it's not crowded like London. London was very overwhelming to me. It's a lot like New York City where it's very fast paced. I've actually never been to New York City. I've only been to New York, so I can't compare specifically if which like which one's more of a fast paced society. But I definitely felt like London was very, very fast paced and I didn't really like it. It felt really crowded. And then the English people in London just aren't the nicest. Everyone in Edinburgh is super, super friendly. Scottish people in my in my experience are definitely a lot nicer. So I enjoyed Edinburgh way more than I did London. That, I believe, is everything on Edinburgh. That was pretty quick, to be honest. Pretty surprised. Did I miss anything? Let's see. I did not. So yes, Edinburgh, like I said, one of the best places. I definitely recommend that. That is a really good place to go to get a nice sense of what traveling is like. It's a good place to dip your toe in the pond instead of jumping straight in. One, they speak English. Two, it's not super crowded. And three, you're not going to be overwhelmed by wondering what you have to do. It's pretty straightforward. So Definitely an amazing place to go. I think that is going to be the end then to this episode. Just really belted this one out today, man. Pretty impressive. I definitely need to go back to Scotland to go to the Highlands. That's something I would recommend if you can, if you can, uh, if you can add Edinburgh and the Highlands together, man. Oh, that would be really good because that is definitely one of the things you want to see in Scotland is the, the Highlands. It's one of the, one of the cool things to do. Also, I would recommend go in March to Edinburgh if you don't mind the cold. It wasn't super cold. And like I said, it snowed a little bit, but not a lot. So if you go to Edinburgh in the kind of early to middle part of March, I think you should be pretty good. And just like I said, the, the cold, fresh air, man, the air is so nice there. And it's just such a it's just such a good experience so that's going to be it for the episode if you guys liked it please leave a review and also give it a little rating if you could my email is conjayhancock at gmail.com if you have any questions about edinburgh feel free to email me or message me on instagram conjayhancock i also have a post on instagram about edinburgh basically with a lot of what I just said written out. So if you want to just refer to that as a quick guide also, if you go like scroll to the bottom of my Instagram and look through the Edinburgh photos, it's one of the last photos of Edinburgh that you can just have it in written form as well. Next time I see, or next time I record an episode, I should say, I will be in Tokyo and I will also be 26. How depressing. Not looking forward to my birthday at all. I've always not enjoyed my birthday. So I'm one of those I'm one of those old geezers, man, that doesn't enjoy his birthday. Luckily, the quarter-life crisis is over, right? Made it past 25. We got through it. Thank the Lord. Was able to start traveling. I made the leap right. I didn't have to worry about regretting my life when I'm old now because I actually did something about it. So there's that, which is nice. 
And yeah, that's going to be it. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week.